where God rules. Turn with me to Genesis, the second chapter. Genesis 2. We have, of course, here as part of the creation story. The Lord just showed me an interesting thing this past week that thrilled me and excited me and made me have some new insight into the truth of God's Word. And verse 7 of the second chapter of Genesis says, And the Lord God formed man of the, what? Dust of the ground. What is that? Dirt. In case you ever think you're pretty big and pretty important, just go back and see your roots. You can talk about roots all you want to. I wish I would have had time this week to have found a science book somewhere that gives the breakdown of the chemical makeup of the body. I remember when I was a young person in college, they told me I was worth about 20-some cents, I think it was, uh, with all the minerals in my body. If they ever got them back to mineral form and sold them, I'd be worth 20-some cents. I thought, boy, thanks a lot. But 84 cents, that's inflation only. It's not your value, it's inflation only, believe me. All right. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Turn over to 3.19 now, Genesis 3.19. After Adam and Eve had been disobedient to the Lord and had sinned, the curse was placed upon the earth and upon them. And in verse 19 it said, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the what? For out of it thou wast taken for what? Dust thou art, and unto shalt thou return. You know, I think about that so many times when I see all these people out trying to sell these expensive cosmetics. How much time people spend with primping and prissing and fixing up and trying to be more beautiful and trying to stay young and, and, and you know, just eating certain foods so that they'll just, that you think they were going to live forever, physically. It sounds crude, but sometimes when you look at I read this one time and it never has gotten out of my head, all they do is fatten, they get themselves prepared to fatten some worms after they die. This whole body is going to be eaten up and it's going to go back to dust. This thing that we spend hours on trying to keep, make it look nice and, and all these other things, one of these days it is appointed unto men once to die. And you know they'll try to, they'll try to preserve that body and keep it and just do everything they can to keep it from deteriorating. It's going to go. We came from dust. We're going to go back to dust. Look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 14. I can read to you verse 13, of course. First, like as the Father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are... <laughs> God looks down... And I know some people think he looks down and says, wow, look at that gem I've got down there. He says, I've got to remember, that's just a clot of dirt down there. That's just a clot of dirt down there. Look over in Psalm 104, verse 29. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest away their breath, they die and return to their dust. That's our dirt down there. And we're going to go back to it one of these days unless Jesus comes. Look at Genesis 18. Back to Genesis a moment. Genesis 18, when uh, Abraham was pleading for Lot and Sodom that the Lord wouldn't destroy that city. 18.27. And Abraham, uh, verse 26, I'll start with, And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, 
Then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Abraham knew how he should come before the Lord. Now, we, we talk about that we can come boldly into the throne of grace. That is not because of what we are. That's because of Christ's provision on the cross for us, and we can only come in His name and in His righteousness. But when we come, we have to remember how absolutely worthless we are in the flesh. We're just a chunk of dirt. Remember when Jesus talked about the two men coming into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican? And the Pharisee stood and said, Lord, I thank Thee that I'm not as other men. And he goes on to describe all the bad things the other men do. And then he looks around for an illustration, and he says, or even as this publican, I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. Now, God, that I've given you my credentials, I'm going to talk to you, you see. But the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast and said, God, be merciful to me a sinner. He came with the right attitude of heart. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, that man, the publican, that man went down to his house, how? Justified rather than the other. That man went down to his house justified rather than, what was the difference? This fellow came in, you ever heard name droppers? Guys that come and hand you their card, I want you to know who I am, you know. He came before God and said, God, just in case you've forgotten who I am, I want to tell you so you'll Give me some attention. Don't worry about that guy over there. Here I am. Say, the other fellow said, Lord, I'm just a chunk of dirt. And God says, I listen to that man. That's a truth that we need to learn when it comes to approaching the throne of grace. Now, I know that there's some people that feel that the, the sun rises and sets on them. And you want to know something? God sees that afar off and He hates it. But a broken and contrite spirit, God will not despise to know where you know what David said remember the hole from whence thou was digged if ever I want to start getting proud of anything that I may ever accomplish all I have to do is go back to the sewer that God took me out of now that's what he said to Israel remember when Israel thought they were just about the hottest brand going he said you remember when you were out there and you were nothing you were laying out there naked and been thrown away like an old menstruous cloth and you still had old blood and dirt all over you and I came and I washed you off and I decked you with fine clothes and with earrings and necklaces and all this. Don't forget where you came from. Now you're mine. Job, the fourth chapter. Job chapter 4. Now we go to verses 17 through 19. Job 4, 17-19 Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his Maker? Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels he charged with folly. How much less in them that dwell in houses of clay? Who's that? Oh, just our house is dirt, isn't it? Just our house is made of this earth, isn't it? We're inside of it, aren't we? 
Are you living in a dirt house? <laughs> Some people be concerned if they thought it was terrible when back in the early days they lived in houses with dirt floors. We're living in a dirt house. Our whole temple, our whole house is made of dirt. And he says here, how much less in them that dwell in houses of clay whose foundation is in the dust which are crushed before them all. God doesn't even put a lot of stock in His angels, and if not in them, how much less does He put in us who are living in little old houses of clay? You know, all He has to do is take away the breath and it's just all over with. That's why He said in one psalm, Psalm 1, the wicked are like the chaff which the wind bloweth away, like dust. Look at Job 34, verse 15. All flesh shall perish together, and man shall turn again unto what? You know, I don't like to be so brash and so crude sometimes, but, you know, we really get taken up in this society of ours. I just don't know what had ever happened, but if I ever knew that the, uh, what was he, Duke of Windsor, the Duke of something, or what is he called now? Prince of Wales, I knew he was something of something. If he ever sat in my services and I was going to preach on hell, I wouldn't change one verse. Because if he doesn't repent and get his heart right with God, he'll go to hell just like everyone else. But there's a tendency to think, oh, they're different. Maybe their blood is blue. No, you let one of them get cut sometime. Same color as ours. And one of these days they're going to die, and you know something? They're going to leave everything behind, and they're going to be at the same spot you and I, and they're going to go back to dust. That house they're living in is going to go back to dust. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Now, I don't say that to belittle them. I just think it's time for us to evaluate things and don't begin to have respect of persons. That's what James said. When one person comes in with golden rings and all these things, don't say to him, oh, you're important. You come up here in the front row. And then when somebody comes that just works every day, you say, go back there and sit in the back corner. He said, don't you do that. That's sin. Don't you have respect one over another. Let me tell you something. There are more churches today that they'll grab a man who's rich and put him in a high office immediately for fear they're going to lose him. That has nothing to do with his qualifications for spiritual leadership. Now, I believe that God can have some very spiritual wealthy men, but being wealthy is not one of the qualifications for being a leader in a church. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 5 through 7. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined into our hearts the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in what? Earthen vessels. Where's that? Inside this old dirt body. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, I want to just take another thought for a moment and then we'll come back to this. Do you know that in heaven God is in control? Look at Isaiah the 6th chapter. Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. 
with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. When Isaiah saw that, he said, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. But the word of God tells me that in heaven, God is in absolute control. Anything that's to be done, it is done. When God speaks, there is no disobedience there. In Luke, the 22nd chapter, I want you to see what God's will was concerning His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew He was going to go to Calvary. He knew He was going to be crucified. He knew He had to give up His life for us. And in the 42nd chapter, He started praying, saying, Father, if Thou be willing, remove this cup from Me. Nevertheless, not what? Not my will, but thine be done. The life of Jesus Christ was pictured or formed with this attitude of mind. It doesn't make any difference what I want to do. I'm here to do your will, Father. I'm here to do your will, O God. Over and over again, Jesus reiterated that he had one purpose on, in this earth, and that was to do the perfect will of God. To say what he said, to do what he told him to do. Exactly. Now, I said all of that to say this. Will you look with me at Matthew, the sixth chapter? When the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to pray, he gave them a model form, not, not something to be quoted or parroted or mimicked. He says, after this manner pray. He didn't say with these words exactly, but this is the pattern by which you should pray. And some time ago I gave a, an outline on this. The first part of it, the verse 9, is the upward look, and verses uh, 9 and 10 are the upward look, and verses um, 11, 12, and 13 is the inward look, and, number, and the last part of verse 13 is the outward look. But we won't get into that right now. What I want you to see is just one thought in the Lord's Prayer tonight. Verse 9, After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed... Wait a minute, I'm going to try something here. Who knows this verse, this, this prayer by heart? Who's, who's got it memorized? Look at verse 9 again. There's just one word that has been changed in the way we quote it many times, and it's not what the Scripture says. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What did you say? What does it say? Oh. In earth. That's different, isn't it? Jesus said, you're made out of what? Dirt. That you're living in a house of dirt. He said, when you pray, you begin to pray, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in me, in earth, in this old vessel of clay as it is in heaven. Jesus went around saying, Father, I want your will done in my life. He says, when you go, you pray, Father, I want your will done in earth, in this earth, in this chunk of clay. 
that sound right? I had never seen it quite like that before. If you want to say on earth, you may. But I think there's some significance here. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God's authority and will is absolute in heaven. And it's wherever His kingdom is that He wants His will to be accomplished perfectly also. It's not the will of God that anyone should go to hell. Do men go to hell? And that's not the perfect will of God, is it, on earth? Hello? Is it God's will for us to sin against Him? Then it's not the will of God on earth, is it? But how about for me to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth. Right in here as it is in heaven. And I just simply want to say to you, if Jesus prayed that prayer, what difference will it make in our life if every day we pray that prayer? Lord, I am not going to get general and tell you that, I, oh, it's glorious when your will will be on the whole earth. But rather to say, Lord, my intention is to this today. My Father which is in heaven, your name is holy. I, I long for your kingdom to come and be completed. Thy will to be done right here as it is in heaven. Now while I'm praying that I'm in the center of your will, I'm going to trust you to give me my daily bread. And forgive me my debts as I forgive those around me. But you're not going to lead me into temptation, but you're going to deliver me from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That really struck me when I saw that, how the Lord says that we are living in a vessel of dirt. That He made us out of dirt, and we're going to go back to dirt. And as we're walking day by day, the prayer that should come from our hearts is simply this, Lord, I want you to rule here. Your perfect will be done here. If it's done here, then everything else around me will fall into proper position and order. Now, I, I did this because I know most people pray and say that that prayer says on earth as it is in heaven. But it doesn't say that. It says, I will be done in earth. Where are you dwelling? In earth, aren't you? How many of you are dwelling in earth tonight? You may be dwelling on the earth, but you're dwelling in earth too. And this little house of earth is going to go back to earth, isn't it? And while we're here on earth, in this earth, we should say, Lord, your will be done in earth right here as it is in heaven. The perfect will of God being performed in my life. Now, I don't know if that blessed you or tickled you or anything, but it sure encouraged me and blessed me and gave me a new incentive to pray that prayer day in and day out, Lord, in this old dirt body, in this earth, not this glorious thing that you declared that's so handsome. I look in the mirror every morning and say, you handsome creature, don't you ever die. But this chunk of dirt... It reminds me what I really am. And I'll tell you, if you get up and pray that prayer every day, Lord, this, you use this chunk of dirt in such a way that, it's, that I'm going to be in the center of your will. All the fads and the fashions and the possessions and the desires and the hungers and tastes and appetites of this earth will be dimmed and dulled. There's not going to be a desire, you know, to be the hottest brand going anymore. To have a tiger in your tank. But rather, to be that vessel unto honor. Now Paul said there are some vessels 
that are going to be used unto honor and others to dishonor. Some are going to be set up and a beautiful fruit salad is going to be put in it and the other one's going to be put under the bed for night use. Others are going to be set next to the kitchen sink or the old slop bucket. But if you'll do what I tell you to do, I'll make you a vessel unto honor. This old dirt vessel. I don't know about you, but I feel the same way Paul did as I fear lest having, after having preached this gospel, I get set on the shelf and not be used of God. So we need to pray every day. Thy will be done in earth, in this old vessel as it is in heaven. A perfect will of God. I believe that's what you desire. And if, if you don't know the Lord in that way tonight, don't go home until you do. Know beyond all shadow of a doubt that your life is committed totally to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That whatever you do, wherever you go, you'll have the confident assurance that your sins are washed away, you're a child of the King, and that He is going to lead you and direct you every day. He says He will if you know Him in a personal way.